0: What is going on, everyone? And welcome to episode 67 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HO Scale Customs. Uh, this week, we have uh, some uh, some guests on from over the border. I guess they could say we're we're south of them. But uh, up north, we have Nick and Renee Masney of ITLA Scale Models. We are super excited to have you guys on. And I know my dad just got a hand on... Uh, well, he just opened up some of the kits to check them out. Um... To talk with you about them, so welcome to the show, Nick and Renee.
1: Hey, thanks very much, guys. Glad to be here.
0: I, uh, I, I, we, I know we were shooting a little hockey talk before it started, but yeah. um, we're both pretty excited here for the playoffs, and uh, we won't hog up much of the podcast with hockey talk. But uh, I know you guys are Leafs fans, so. But well, it's
2: nice to have... So.
0: <laughs> you guys are going to be rocking your blue, I'm sure, the next couple nights. So uh, it's game yeah, one time. It's
2: nice to actually talk to some people. There's not a lot of hockey... There's not a lot of sports fans in our hobby and we were talking about that and there needs to be more so you people need to jump on board and start watching some hockey people
0: yeah there. <laughs> but anyways and, uh, welcome yeah. welcome to the show and we are excited to get to uh, talk about everything that itla scale models has to offer and kind of what the the history of your company and uh where you where whatever you guys have up your sleeves may be coming up so we're we're, we're it's a pleasure to have you on hey,
2: and, and, thank you very much I'm gonna start by just jumping into who Nick and Renee are and how they got started in model railroading. And I have a funny feeling how we know one of you guys started in model railroading. Let's hear, <laughs> let's hear, how that all became about. I mean, obviously, you you, you have a passion for it like everybody else, and um, you know, and it's it started from there. I saw some of your videos that you sent to me uh, of your railroad itself. Uh, some of the modeling that you've done or some of the you know you had some uh videos yep. on youtube that were just awesome and you're yep. you know and they by the way was, was that o scale or hs scale that's h o scale actually yeah and the scenery was awesome and you know just beautiful video that you took there for that so how did that all come about and when did you get started doing it well,
1: yeah, thanks very much, Todd. But, you know, that probably the story is the same as, as you guys, you know, started out young as a kid, and, um, you know, your parents get you the first um, the, the train set under the tree kind of thing for Christmas, and it grows from there. And, and I honestly remember um, – do you guys remember the Sears Christmas wish book?
2: Oh, my remember gosh, that? yes. I've, lived, yeah. I've always jumped. As soon as it came in the mail – or I actually <laughs> picked – Well, you pick it up at the store. Your parents would pick it up at the Sears store. Yeah. and, uh, And the whole back section was just nothing but toys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm
1: talking about. That's that's the time that I remember, you know, really finding that first, uh, it was a Tyco train set I remember too. And, you know, I had to have it and I got it for Christmas and that ended up becoming a 4x8 layout. And then, you know, we went to a 5x12 in the parents' basement. And, uh, you know, then, of course, school and, and girls and cars and stuff comes along and you kind of uh, move on to different, different uh things at that point in time but then but the little the bug is still there right the passion's still there and and i got back into it in my later uh probably my later teens early 20s um and kind of got towards the prototype modeling end of it a little bit and some of those videos that you're referring to todd are an example of um of a passion that I have trying to chase a an old Canadian railway called the Algoma Central that used to run from um, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario up through uh, to Hearst, Ontario and it intersects the Canadian National and Canadian Pacific in a couple spots and that's the what I've tried to capture in my basement here um, now that I own a home and then kind of uh, you know got ourselves mm-hmm. situated. So that's kind of how it. my my end of it grew. Um, Renee can kind of tell you how, how she arrived on the scene, I think, and you might find it humorous. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes, and we, and we always want to hear this story. We've had several couples on, some of which yep. you know. Uh, we had uh, the uh, the people from The Best, uh, and, and they were here, oh. Brian and Jill Bonger. And um, we always want to know how the ladies get involved because we have not been able to get our wives involved in this yet. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so well, all go. yours, all yours, Renee, let's hear it.
3: Okay. Well, Nick and I met at Cami Automotive in 1988. It's uh, like a GM Suzuki plant,
4: yeah, automotive uh,
3: plant, automotive plant near our house mm-hmm. and our jobs intersected. So uh, we started to date and little did I know when I went to Nick's apartment he had one. A real cool
1: piece. bachelor pad. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
3: had one steam engine and tender uh, on the mantel underneath a plexiglass. So that was my first introduction to the hobby. And little did I know that uh, how many years later, after we were married, um, the first house we had, you had a small layout. Yeah. Yep. And then we moved to this house. And now he has in the basement. He's taken over the full basement, so we have about 2,000 square feet here. Of he has a layout in half the basement. Uh, we have a lot of artwork on trains. Yep. And, and now uh, a small business. Now small business. So I always say I'm living his dream. So that's <laughs> that's my life.
2: <laughs> and so so what you what you're really saying is when I saw the train, I wish I would a ran. You yeah, know? that's good <laughs> yeah. no, morning. If, if right?
3: any of the young ladies are out there listening, yeah. <laughs> yeah. L- look for the, the sign.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Now now, um and then did you got yourself did you get involved into the hobby as well yourself? I mean helping him out with the layout and that type of thing or
3: Yeah, a little bit, yes. When he created his layout, um he did a diorama first or a uh how do you say it? Um Oh, you're right. A di- like diorama, like he had it all laid diorama. out, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was the one that colored the track colors. Oh, so you know yeah. what I mean. That was it. Was a
1: little uh, just to go a little overboard on. It was a one inch scale model of the actual layout in in the room that it resides in, like a planning model. There's mm-hmm. a story behind that too, but we, so we're so I was allowed to. I
3: colored track colors, and then he also got a beautiful mural of uh, northern. Ontario of, uh, for background on the, on the, the layout, walls, yeah. the wall. So we had this, I don't know, what is it? 12 feet or 15 feet? I don't know what it was. The total length. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's more, of the mural. Yeah. It's more like 28 feet. 28 feet. So I did help him and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm involved too. I've, I've done a little bit of painting and, uh, some assembly. Some assembly yeah. I've put together like fire escapes and uh, and other things. So I oh, I am cool. involved a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure.
3: but definitely in the business for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw the two of you together up at the expo in Albany, and um, I talked with you. I did a uh, you know a video segment it in in our horribly. In that basement of that place, it was I, I could get like virtually no reception uh, to put live videos out. But it, you know, we did the best we could. But we did a pretty long segment talking with you about all the models, yeah. and, uh, and I saw the two of you there and talked to you a little both a little bit. And uh, it was neat to see a husband and wife team like that working uh, the business like at, at the ta- at your at your booth. And it was yeah, it's quite an impressive display. So. Um, you know you do an awesome job of, of you know just dis- displaying what you have for sale oh, but thanks uh, for but I like seeing that I like seeing that family style look to you know the hobby and I you know yeah. that's just yeah just see the two of you work together that's that's great. yeah thanks thanks for recognizing that because it's honestly without Renee, you know
1: I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in, in all honesty to the degree that I do it so. Um, a lot of support of me behind the scenes and, um, she is my biggest, biggest critic. So, you know, when you're looking at our models and and you're looking at different elements of it, you know, she will point out to me that, Hey, that doesn't look right. Or, you know, that's too big or that's not the right size or, you know, so it's kind of cool to have her perspective. And if it looks real to her, then it
2: should look real to you and I.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Oh, yep. That's, that's true. Now. Yeah. Uh, for both of you, uh, I'll throw this question out, and you can both answer it in your own way, or however. What part of the model railroading hobby do you enjoy the most? As far as now, we're not talking on the business end right now. I'm talking about the modeler side. Uh, what, what part of it do you enjoy the most?
1: Well, I would say, in my case, anyway, it's it's been you know the I guess the prototype uh, construction of, you know, the rolling stock and the locomotives and all that. And, and, you know, as I pursued this kind of obscure railway, the Algoma Central, you can't buy that stuff necessarily. So you have to, you have to kind of kibash and and create. So that was a lot of uh, my passion prior to owning this company. And, um, but since then it's, you know, the, the passion has changed a little bit and I'm, I'm more interested in, in creating, um, structures and, and, um, those kind of elements, um, urban elements that I, that I didn't get into in my early, uh, modeling career. So I'm kind of enjoying that at the moment. Um, I don't know, Renee, I don't know about I you. I like,
3: I like, hate to say the accessories. I like the detail. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when I look at a layout, I really look at um, the extra details that have gone in there, like the rooftop details, uh, the ductwork, the uh, the newspapers, the uh, the signs, the the little uh, figures. Um, that's what I really. Everything really like. it
2: brings it to life. Yes, you
3: know? exactly. Yeah. Good point. I,
2: I, I'm the detail guy. I love the little itty bitty fine scale detail things, yeah. and uh, that. That's what I love seeing the most in the hobby, but I mean everybody's got their their favorite niche and and things that they like to do with it So yeah, for sure That's cool now When when did all right? Let's first off. Let's start with you need to tell us I know uh, And many out there know what does itla stand for?
1: Okay, yeah, good question. So itla stands for imagine (laughs) that laser art So that was the name of the original company uh, that was in business since 2008 and Renee and I purchased this company uh, from the original owners in uh, 2012. And uh, there's a whole pile of backstory there, but um, you know we were lucky enough to have an opportunity to uh, to grab a you know an operating business that that had a a good following of clientele and had a, a good baseline of product and and um, designs et cetera, and and then we took it forward uh, from there and and kind of. Um, rebranded it into something that that we wanted uh, to try and from my own perspective I you know like when you look at some of the modeling that I do in my basement on on my layout it's I'm trying to replicate a prototype so I, I tend to try to to be a little more um uh, focused on the fine scale end of it, the real, the reality end of it, a bit, uh, a little bit more. So I, I kind of wanted to take it down that path. Um, so, so give it a little more fidelity, prototype fidelity, and, and fine scale elements to it. Um, and then we'll, we can talk a little bit too about the, you know, some of the design features and philosophy that we built into it since.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now. Um, and, and you said it started, you started ITLA in What in what year? Uh, it started in 2008. We
1: took it over in 2012. So we've been okay. running it under, um, you know, ITLA scale models since then. And, um, and I, we've, you know, I, kind of moved it from that point forward. And oh, okay. we
3: incorporated that uh, last
1: year. Yeah.
3: So we incorporated oh, okay. into ITLA scale models, Inc. last year.
2: Gotcha. Good point. Yeah that's the business Gotcha. Talk.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and your website is itla scale models itla scale models.com so yes, um, so everybody needs to get on there check them out and go to their website and 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 see what they're all about we're going to go over in detail here uh, in, over the next bunch of minutes here right and um, yeah
0: no, Brett. Do you have any questions for them? I have some kind of uh, just curiosity questions, but they're more kit related. So I want to. I'll probably okay, circle okay. back to them when we start talking about uh, like some of your products that you have.
2: Okay. So, um, what I want to start with is asking you. Now, did did you start with? I I noticed on your on your website you have. I'm pulling it up here now. We have um your, some of your building kits. Are buildings and structures and some of your building kits which is which is pretty awesome um, are also um, you know rail cars uh, rail car loads that type of thing um, yep. and um, then of course you have uh, scenery structuring which I mean like you have the elevated L there's a whole big page of its own one which by the way is absolutely gorgeous and i want to talk to you a little bit about that because when i was in chicago several times i i always admired the l when you walk you can walk under it and check it out it took a million photos and yeah. um it's a it's a pretty cool piece i also seen the one in new york as well but um anyways you have a lot of different types of um product it, you know, what's, what did you start with? What was the first kits that you came out with?
1: Um, probably the it's a good question. Yeah, you can see there's a, a few streams of, uh, of product that we have there. Um, probably Todd, I would say it was one of the earlier structures that we first uh, popped out was that um, Allstate factory, the Allstate um, three in one is what we used to call it because it, it represented our first opportunity to provide a configurable structure to the to the um, to the customers. So um, we, one of our big design philosophies is to try to provide the, the end customer with an opportunity to build a product in a couple of or more different ways. Um, some of our products up to 15 different ways. And and that kind of speaks a bit to, um, I guess, the kit bashing urge that, that I have sometimes in my in my own mind is, you know, what can I do with this structure? How can I make it different? How can I make it fit the footprint that I have available on my layout? So in my mind, I was trying to engineer a product, uh, and that was the first one that was that was providing a guy with a couple of options, in this case, it was three options. And uh, so that was the first kit that we um, that we came out with, uh, and honestly, it still goes very strong. It's one of our most popular kits today. And the
0: three-in-one is not a flat background kit, correct? It's actually a. I'm looking at it now. It, it, yeah, it's actually a full-depth uh, kit.
1: Actually, it's a it's a, in the configuration number three. We call it, Brett. It's it's actually a shallow relief, so it's an inch that. and a half deep. Uh, with a blank back on it so so you can build that kit in two L-shaped versions or that long uh, version 3 we called it with the inch and a half uh, background type model yeah okay I,
0: yeah. I, I, I see the blueprint image of it now it makes sense I was just checking out the like the feature photo and wondering Yeah. Uh, but yep. yeah I mean it's I, I'm thinking of ways where you could even pick up more modular pieces and make other areas deeper I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen that done as well
2: Brett's Absolutely. our kit basher, by the way. Yeah, so my kit bash brain
0: <laughs> is going crazy when I see something like this because uh,
2: exactly the possibilities. So we to
1: design in, Yeah, Brett. So what we try to design in is the ability to, to kit bash by design in the kit. So I'm, we're trying to give you that opportunity, you know, in the package. And you know what? You could put two of those things That's side by side. That's immediately what I was thinking. Up. Yep. And we sell, <laughs> uh, you know... We sell a fourth and fifth floor for that structure that looks pretty cool. Oh, my and, goodness. And, uh, you know, so a lot of the stuff in the engineering of it, we've made it so that you can you can connect these kits together and and create your own signature structure. Yeah,
0: I'm actually interested, at, and this is something that just popped up. I have a question about. I'm sorry we're going to yep. diverge for a little bit. but the okay. wall, and, we'll, and we'll do
2: that, by the way. The I'm wall, letting them know ahead of time we could kind of go off topic sometimes. Uh, sometimes so. we go all no, over the place.
0: <laughs> but – the wall sections, I'm looking here. Um, where they fit together, it's almost like a like a, a specific joint in the corners, I guess, so they match up correctly. Yep. Correct? Do you do yeah, that? Yeah, like a dovetail. yeah, almost like a dovetail. Is that something you do on all of your wall sections? So if I bought, for instance, um, I don't know, two if I bought the full flat H.O. York Industries and the three-in-one that you just got done talking about—would those wall sections fit together from kit to kit as well? Do you try to keep them similar where they dovetail?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yep, it's oh, the same cool. dovetail that we use in all the kits. So, so yeah, you can you can throw wall panels around. You can do all sorts of cool stuff. So really, so you can I,
2: slam together. Really, can we... slam together this York kit that I have and the Albany kit. And slam a building together if I wanted to, they would match up.
0: Yeah, so yeah. A, really any kit that they see on your site, it, yeah. for, 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 for a lot of our audience, which is a, the craftsman world, a lot of people do like to get the kits and just build them. They tear them apart and build them their own way. So I'm looking yeah. at it thinking that way, like me and a lot of other listeners might want to piece together a few kits. So any of those, that's really cool. Any of those will fit. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty well, and and Very cool. you know you don't have to worry about um, about the joints um, hindering you either because the material that we're using it's it's an MDF um, hardboard material, but it's easy to cut. So with, a, with your razor saw, you could easily lop off those dovetails if you had to Okay, um, and just, you know, connect it to a plastic building. Oh, sorry, I probably
0: swore they're saying plastic.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, you know, you connect it to some other manufacturer's building How's that. I'm actually um, – so,
0: I'm yeah. happy you brought that up real quick because uh, – and this, I, I just have to i make this statement real quick. Uh, there's a couple listeners that insist on us uh, talking about plastic, but I'm happy we have you on because you do wood kits in brick and stone and other patterns extremely well, uh, the way you cut them. And I think sometimes wood is more detailed and easier to work with than some of the plastic kits for the same type of buildings that you're making. Absolutely I just had to throw that right. out there. No,
1: I'm glad you did because we we should we should touch on that, and you know a lot of people would and you still get the odd question like why are you doing that uh, when they do it in plastic? Well, it's because there's there's a big difference with working in wood as a medium than than there is in plastic. Mm-hmm. So right and you and you I, by the sounds of it Brett you appreciate it um but you but you guys both know how well um wood goes together how easy it is to work how well it takes coloring and, and paints and stains and whatever you yeah. uh, you want to throw at it um I think it's and, a more you know, forgiving
0: sometimes it's more forgiving it
1: too very forgiving medium, and and then in, in the in the product that we're using too, it allows you to modify even further. So, you know, I I, I do my best to try to etch a surface in there that might represent a spalling brick or um, you know a um, weathered uh, concrete or even rebar showing through in some cases. And, but you can go into that even further. So with a with an exacto knife or a hobby chisel, you can carve this stuff out all night long if you wish to make it again your own signature. Um, your signature wall. Mm -hmm. So uh, the stuff is so friendly, so easy to work with. Um, It takes paint so well. You know, um, that's one of the other advantages, uh, I believe, that wood has over top of, of plastics is that the, um, you know, with a layering technique, and you guys have spoken about layering a lot in, in the past, mm-hmm. um, that's what that's exactly the technique we use, too. And this material, or wood in general, really, really takes to layering of paint colors very, very well. It does. And you get that that matte translucency that, that kind of, it, it, you know, when you look at a brick wall in real life, you're seeing multiple colors, right? Yeah. Sure. You know So it's I found through my modeling career that it's easier to represent that type of a surface with a wood component than it is with plastic. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, it's just my experience, but I, well, you you, you'll get,
0: I'm sure you'll get the same you're getting head nods I'm sure from both ends of the other side here from this call because uh I'm sure my dad feels the same as I do and I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um I just wanted to kind of hear your opinion of it because, and that's interesting. You, you, I, I figured you would say it exactly like you did just now, but it was interesting for, to ask you that because your, your kits are competing with plastic kits in that same type of structure. You're getting a lot of tall and a lot of vertical yep. and a lot of brick. And that is usually something that's dominated mostly by plastic or even some hydrocal, um, structures as well so i just i just wanted to hear your opinion of that so
2: and you get the concrete with this you get the the, you get it all there's a concrete look or a stucco look and you can make it doesn't have to be it's not all and you'll see it on on the website when you go there it's not all brick no okay it's not all you know one of the things that we one of the things in this hobby that we that we talk about nick uh is uh we've talked about on the podcast many times and with different manufacturers that we've interviewed is that almost everything out there a lot of this stuff that's out there it's all clapboard and it's clapboard this clapboard that's all your structures our entire city is and, clapboard yeah we're <laughs> looking at, the, the, we're looking at you know, it's a real easy fire it's a real easy city giant city fire you know with a with a HO scale What's magic, that, the Chicago
0: know? fire the great chicago
2: right. fire we're just waiting for a, <laughs> we're just waiting for a cow that's to exactly kick a so it, so these kind of structures in the you know in in the in fine scale you know modeling Uh, are great in this is it's wood but it's made to look you know it can be made to look like brick it can be made to look like clapboard for that matter but it can be made to look like anything and you have that you've hit a niche that the other manufacturers haven't done and which is really cool um so yeah
1: yeah no thanks for noticing that and and, you know you you can even represent your steels in there too like our elevated systems are all steel too right right yeah so the proper painting and, um, you know, even look at some of the ductwork on our buildings, just uh, your your standard acrylic, um, you know, Michaels or Hobby Lobby kind of paints are all we're using for this stuff. And it's it's very easy and fun to do, honestly. Um, so, you know, don't be scared, right? You just got to give it a try.
2: Exactly. And then, now, earlier, you and Brett were talking about the configurations. And, yes. and, and Brett doesn't have in front of, I opened up the one kit, the, the York kit uh york industries uh, i have it up kit. here
0: on the computer
2: okay well i have the book open and in the yep. book in the direction book he has a configurations uh, you know format of types on the page it shows you 15 different configurations oh, yeah. with this cat. i'm looking you at know? that I, I mean you have it on your site
0: too yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's
1: kind of the fun. I mean, it may be – okay. I may maybe I went a little too far, but that's the engineer in me, right? Trying to, <laughs>
0: trying to
2: show you what you
1: can do.
0: How but, many can uh, I get
2: done? Nobody yeah, does but... that. You know, nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody takes their kit and goes, okay. Well, here's here's fifteen different ways you can make this thing. You know, <laughs> so now I'm sitting here going, I'm looking at this configuration. You almost I'm have to myself. Well, I... I'm looking. I'm, I'm the layouts at Brett's house, so I'm sitting there thinking. Okay, where the hell am I gonna put this well, now? Well, for me, and, what, and now I got all these different configurations, and I could I can pretty much put it. I'm now in my head. I'm trying to go through a hundred different places that we can stick it. You well, know? Yeah, What's but cool about cool.
0: that? What's cool about that? And it's something that I've seen a couple modelers doing online. Is um, the cool thing, and it, this is what I would do if I had that York building, looking at this sheet of all these configurations. Which, if anyone wants to see it, what we're talking about before you buy the kit. You can head over over there and look at the York Industries kit on his page. He has the you have the image up of what my dad's talking about. And yes. what I would do, and I've done this with other ones before, is I'll take little squares of painter's tape and like dry assemble the building, but I would end yeah. up doing that all different ways just to see which one I wanted <laughs> cuz I would have like fear of almost FOMO, like fear of missing out on if I didn't <laughs> see what it looked like in each <laughs> configuration. So <laughs> exactly,
1: right. that, that's what we do here. Honestly, well, we'll do the same thing, right? We'll just, we'll just configure the walls until you find a look you like. And, uh, you know, the other thing that, that's always bugged me. And one of the reasons I, that I engineer it this way is that think about, uh, let's think about a four sided structure and you're going to plunk it on your layout and you're not going to see that back wall
4: mm-hmm. or you're not going
1: to see the back and side wall. Mm-hmm. So why not fold it open or why not flip it around or, you know, modify it so that you can appreciate more of
0: it yeah yeah and get the most interesting section to be the most visible
2: yeah exactly right now when you go to the shows i need the listener to know this when you go to the shows and you run into renee and and nick air okay you'll and and you check out their booth and their display it they have it's a cool it's the one of the coolest displays i've seen in a show it they put all their models into these different configurations for you to check out when you're shopping, which is, which is awesome. And then listen to my voice is getting high. I'm getting all excited. I'm thinking (laughs) about it. So anyhow, um, (laughs) but they, but they do, and they'll have them on spinning rotating wheels and everything else that shows you, you know, all, all the different sides. And then they stood there and they talked to the customers. Uh, and not, not that every, every vendor does that. However, um, you know, you, there, you guys were constantly the whole day. I noticed showing them all the different ways that they could work with these. And we're not just talking HO scale; you do a lot in the O scale line as well, and you have some N, I believe, as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. There's a little bit of N too, and we'll, we might even dabble a little more in that uh, scale also. Mm-hmm.
3: That's what we love at a trade show, though. When you're when you're there and you have the layout, and you have individuals that are are looking at the layout. And you point to the products and you can point to four or five products and then you tell them that is the same kit. And then you just watch the aha moment or that light bulb go out, go off in their head (laughs) and they're and they're getting
1: it. It's, yeah, uh, it's cool. It's really yeah. neat. It's that's, that is really rewarding to watch that.
2: And, and you're, you're dead on. That is exactly how I felt when I was standing there and with my wife. And I was pointing at all the different ones going, <laughs> I like, I want, I, you know, why, why don't we just bag them all up? But we had that whole show to <laughs> shop at. So, you know, I can only get so much and, and, um, without hitting the, uh, the credit card too hard. So yeah. it was, um, you know, it was, uh, definitely it's worthwhile. I mean, if you get a chance to go to any of the shows that they go to, to to definitely check them out. But you can, like Brett said, and and Nick was saying, you could find those configurations on their website. They show them to you there as well. And I believe he has some as well on his YouTube channel. Um, I watched uh, some of those today that he sent me uh, a link to. And we will have them up on our website um on on the episode notes we'll have them in notes. the show notes yep right so um definitely check out the uh, YouTube video and all, all his he's got a uh, Instagram a lot on Instagram and a lot on uh, his um Facebook as well so um so that's 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 great um okay, I wanted to let Nick and and Renee talk to us about some of the details that come. With their kit, with a with a structural. We're, we're right now, I'm just kind of stuck on the structural kit. Tell us about. Uh, I'm gonna let you start off talking about the details that you get with the kit, not just the walls. What's built into the walls? Some of the features you, you get on a normal kit. You know, I'm not particular any yeah, kind, one. Of, kind of a just yeah. a
0: general rundown of what's what's in the my box. Take
2: is, kind of yeah, a what's in cause the box. Because my take is they're loaded. They are loaded. So you, I'll give you your take, and I'm going to throw you mine at what I saw when I opened it. So you go ahead. Okay.
1: Yeah, okay, no problem at all. You know, and, and probably the other differentiator that, I, that we should talk about, um, and you would notice this by looking at the photos on our website, and also mm-hmm. when you see the models at a trade show, um, we love a lot of rooftop detail. And you see a lot of that on our structures, especially the York Industries kit that you have in front of you, Todd, as an example. There'll be a ton of things like various smokestacks and and the vents and the walkout and the chimneys and and,
2: and, and, and they're things. not all on the roof, by the way. I don't mean they're not, but they're not all on the roof. Some of them yep. are on the side of the building. Yeah, really sure, cool. and, and
1: that's a cool look,
2: right? So yeah.
1: so the point the point there is too that you can put that stuff on the side of the building coming out a window putting it on the roof you know there's a lot of different ways it's just limited by your imagination right so if you look at a lot of our photographs you'll see um you'll see varying uh degrees of them being applied to walls and roofs and whatnot um so you'll see duct work and we like duct work you know you'll see some uh flanging on that ductwork, you'll see some air conditioners and snorkel vents and, and chimneys and water in our our water tower <coughs> excuse me our water tower—I love that little thing. That's a little bit of a gem and a seldom modeled feature, right, on some of these older buildings mm-hmm. too. right? So you know, we try to load our kids. <clears throat> excuse me, we try to load our kids up with a lot of that. Um, even security bars on the doorways, and uh, you know, uh, uh, all those kind of details like bump strips around dock doors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the wall sections themselves, you know, you're going to have a lot of cool etchings too that will be uh, you'll be able to pick out with paint. Uh, little junction boxes, little, uh, conduits and things like that. You guys love that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and the other, the other cool thing, and I, you know, I got to give a shout out here too, to, uh, Dave Ross. Dave is the, uh, the gentleman you saw with us at the fine scale show, mm-hmm. um, do you recall? And, and Dave, you know, I got to credit Dave a lot for, for the for the design thinking and vision. And and uh, he is really really creative. Uh, he's our custom builder too, uh, and he's a he's a fantastic painter. But he's the guy that also helps look at this stuff and and imagine. Okay, where should a vent go, or what would it look like, and and uh, you okay. know what works. And the cool thing, and I'm gonna you know this is a secret too, not a real secret, but something <laughs> we should all think about when you. You're building a kit it doesn't have to be just my kit or our kit sorry renee our kit um look at the sprue and look at how many shapes still remain in that sprue and you can use those parts for either conduits or duct work or you know garbage. um whatever garbage or right. whatever yeah scrap and scrap and if you look at the photographs on our website and that you'll start to see little funny little pieces of things that are actually just part of the sprue and we encourage you in the instructions to do just that
2: i i read and, that in there by the way yes
1: yeah yeah so it kind of speaks to our name imagine that right it's kind of so like a imagine it's kind of like much a, as you can a, an
0: underappreciated yeah. part of what comes in the box is the sprue and the leftovers yeah, I, I everyone save, thinks it's just trash
2: yeah i save every sprue on every kit i have, I have a, a big box i'm not
0: it. i'm not proud to say that i have a giant dresser drawer full <laughs> of all of the sprues and scrap left over from every kit. Yeah,
1: so piping right, Brett? <laughs> so, you know, pull out a piece of I hate to say plastic, but pull out a piece no, of but plastic You're right. It,
0: the, a pipe. the sprues are either either piping or if it's like a half a piece because sometimes they're not completely round. You can use a half, uh, uh, the the yeah. half cut sprues and um, use them as like a, a, a gutter or there's a million yep. different things you can do with them. It's it's, it's awesome. So Absolutely. The other cool uh, thing, and this is my this is my pro tip everyone and hopefully maybe you've done this too i hope you have nick uh the the my favorite ones are when you get a pitched like an angled uh roof and you get the triangle leftover scrap you can create roof i i use them for roof accesses because you get the perfect yeah. you get a perfect angle uh angled piece and if you just get two of them from either side of the angled roof and uh it becomes a roof access for a flat roof building i, I there's so many things you can do but that's when I get an angled roof, that's like my favorite thing to keep those scrap pieces for.
2: That's a cool idea. Very cool <laughs> idea. So,
0: no, really. yep.
2: So now, one of the things that, that Nick's Nick didn't say yet, and I'm going to bring it up instead of him, is um, <laughs> sorry, Nick, it's but okay. it was something that struck me, and I've never seen it on anybody else's kits, and it's really. Uh, sorry about all you other guys that talked to you about your kits, but I've never seen this. <laughs> But it is um, on each sprue or on each sheet is it is etched in the sheet, the detailed name of those parts and what they go to. So like I, it, like here, I'm looking at one now. it says large vertical stack stack flanging. And that is you know the, the stuff that goes around the, the pipe, the big pipes on the stacks. And um, you know, and electrical uh, meters and junction boxes. And so now I'm not sitting here looking at this brew, thinking, what, what the hell is that? You know, because I've done that on, on a lot, on a lot of, on a lot of kits, until you yeah. finally sit and figure it out. Well, I don't have. There's no guesswork here, and it's on virtually every part you have on every sheet. It describes what that part is. I don't have to sit there and match a number to a sheet or, you know, none of that stuff. That is really, really cool. Well, that's cool. Yeah,
1: thanks for noticing that. And, you know, one of the reasons I did that? Because I was too lazy to try to correlate the part to a number <laughs> to the instructions.
2: <laughs> and the
0: you're already using the laser to cut. You're already you're already doing yeah. it. You're already cutting. So might as well etch you something are. in there.
2: Yeah. Never uh, ever <laughs> change that, by the way. That is so awesome. You know? Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you noticed that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, that's that's one of the things I noticed. One of the other things I noticed, uh, we're getting away from the detail a little bit, which I want to get back on, is, and I, I don't want to seem like I'm doing the talking here, but that seems to happen a lot, and I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but um, these kits, one of the things I noticed when I was unpacking it was there's no strip wood. Okay? Uh-huh. And why is that, Nick? I know why it is, but I'm going to let you tell it. Well, it's because I don't believe in it as much as some of the (laughs) others might. But, uh, well,
1: it goes back to um, a bit of my design philosophy. So I'm trying to provide you guys with um, an engineered product that is configurable and easy to build and repeatable and has a high quality um, tolerance of fit, things like that. A lot of that, I'll let you in on the secret. A lot of it comes from my background in automotive engineering, and I've taken a lot of cues from what I learned um, over the years working with um, designers in that and how we put cars together, and I try to design these products so that they're easy to build and with as you know least amount of work as possible. So there's very few things you're going to really trim to fit, Maybe just the cornice work or something like that where I couldn't, you know, I, I want to leave you with a little bit of wiggle room rather than try to tell you where, you know, that this piece has to be this, this particular length. But a lot of this stuff is all prepared for you. So when you sit down and build one of my kits, I hope that you enjoy its modularity. You enjoy the, uh, the part fit and the feel and the quality and the fact that, you know what, you're probably going to be done in, in a couple evenings. And you're going to be able to move on. I hope to another one of my kits.
2: Uh, I'm starting one. I'm starting one tonight. <laughs> by the way, I just yeah. wanted to let you all know. <laughs> you I, I, stay I, up? I've had it sitting up there. I got one already working on the. I, I got a kit working on the on the bench right now. But I'm sorry, there's going to be two working on the bench, and that's oh, just that's the cool. way it's going to be. Now that's pretty cool. Now with the with the fact that you're not that you don't you need to put any bracing on these walls. One of the questions comes to bear in mind is um, one of the reasons why it is done, as you know, on a lot of kits is to prevent warpage when we're painting and and that type of thing. Um, With this, I, with the thickness of the walls, I don't think that that's really going to be an issue. Um, Do you do you run into any warping with your with your walls or? No, actually, good. Another
1: good point Todd. yeah. So, so the product we're using is an eighth of an inch thick MDF, and it's very robust. And that's one of the other values is that you're not um, spending a lot of time worrying about warpage in main wall sections. You're just you're putting on your color. You're enjoying your build. You're uh, you know you got rock solid joints uh, with those dovetails going together, and um, and you don't have to. Um, concern yourself with with the, the wall turning into a potato chip necessarily or warping <laughs> on you. Um, that's the beauty of, of the wood product that we're using. Um, so that's kind of cool. I think I, I like it anyway. It's one of the, you know, again, the, the engineering geekness coming through. Maybe that's that's what I like. Uh, I like.
2: It's great. Brett's going to love the windows because they're, they're laser cut, but they don't look like they're going to be a ton of work to work with, uh, the windows. They look like they're no, not, they're not. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they still have to be painted and all, but um, I don't think it's going to be as tedious as sitting there hand painting the, every titchy window. I'm like just, I'm just excited.
0: I'm just excited that the wall won't look like a Pringles chip uh, <laughs> when you're done putting stain on it.
1: No, okay. A little caveat: if you put it into a bucket of water, it might warp. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Normal,
0: <laughs> I mean, there's there's normal treatment. There's yeah. an extreme a case for everything, but... but uh, that's right, that's but, right. So,
1: <laughs> so hey, let me, let me touch on something you just brought up, Todd, and, and for Brett's uh, knowledge, too. Those windows... Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've been asked that question before. How come you're not, you know, buying in some windows and such? Um, I like to build our own windows because i like to control the fit and finish Mm -hmm. and and the quality and what you'll notice when you assemble these windows there's a couple things they're going to they're going to fit into that wall opening with a a slight friction fit and that's by design but i designed the wall um, with separate sills and um and headers in in some cases depending on the wall type so you'll note that in your york kit you're going to have um you're going to have separate parts todd so two reasons. If this was a plastic wall, um, you would be masking and painting those parts on top of the wall surface, or right. doing your best with a with a hand brush, right? In this case, you do all that off the, to the side, and when you bring those parts back to the main wall section, they're crisp and clean, and you've got no masking and overspray or overbrush or what have you.
4: Right.
1: Um, but the other cool thing to note is that. And I, I think I showed you this before at the, end of the expo. You lay the, the wall section down on the on your work surface, face up. Mm-hmm. You push the window frame down through that wall opening so it lines up with the, your work surface, flush against the back side of that wall, mm-hmm. and then you drop your sill and you drop your header on top, mm-hmm. and yeah. you, you're done.
2: Yeah, and you, and you know what? That. It look yep. it looks like a masonry window in a masonry building. You know, I mean, <laughs> go, some, yeah. sometimes these windows I, we talked about it on we talked about it last week with Ron Kleiss, and uh, we talked about windows yep. that it, it is uh, we love the laser cut stuff. Okay, but we also like the fact that it, if you build a brick wall okay or a stone wall or a, a concrete wall
0: don't give us framed you know, windows
2: yeah don't give us framed windows i don't want you don't see that on a building that doesn't happen you know right. so yeah, this is awesome yep yeah. yeah, and i think you're going to like
1: the way it goes together nice and and consistent and that sill and header will lay the same in the
2: same place all the way across the wall as a right. result now you you got one thing wrong here tonight and Uh-oh. that was you said it was going to take, you could build this in a couple of nights. And uh, <laughs> the problem is for me, I will paint each individual tiny little brick because this is how I do things. And, okay. uh, I, I go a little nuts with the detail <laughs> painting. So it'll probably okay. take me uh, like a couple weeks, but still, yeah.
1: Hey, that's okay, man. You take the time <laughs> you want, right? And that's, yeah, that's exactly. the beauty of this hobby, right? Take as much yeah. time as you want and everybody's going to have a different, uh, a different end goal. And that's, that's, what's good about the hobby.
2: I love the idea as a detail painter and, and, you know, um, Renee was talking about how she loves the detail painting and the detail the details that come on a kit or in a just in a diorama that type of thing and it's eye catching and that's what everybody draws to in this hobby um, in the fine scale hobby and it, which is awesome what well, the cool thing about this is is the ease of construction that i uh, that i'm seeing and or envisioning when i when i was putting it together earlier in my head thinking this is a perfect kit for a guy like me because i can take this and not worry about having to having to make sure that I'm uh, putting this strip of wood on and cutting this strip of wood. Don't get me wrong. I love doing that too. Mm-hmm. I love to do that. Okay. But now I can focus on painting detail. I mean, cause you put this thing together and then you start getting into the nitty gritty painting of details and it's all right here for you all labeled out. And I'm, I'm going to have a field day with this. I didn't even realize when I was looking uh, when I was shopping there with you guys before, I bought this kit, and so it was in a plastic bag until the night And I cut it open. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is way different than I thought it was going to be." I'm glad you opened it up. Yeah, I mean, and that's even <laughs> after you, you already explained it to me at the show, and now yeah. I'm seeing it in a different. It, it, I'm seeing it on on the actual sheets that I'd be working with, and yeah. I'm like, "This this is going to be amazing. This is going to be a lot of fun." So awesome. But uh, anyhow, so I didn't mean to interrupt there.
1: No, no problem at all. I would love to hear that. That's uh, that's exactly <laughs> what you know. That's that's the benefit of doing what we're doing. And um, you know, honestly, you guys are happy. I'm happy. Renee's happy. I hope. And uh, you know, that's what that's what makes us keep doing what we're doing.
2: Yeah. Now you have a lot of uh, your you have a lot of um, relief type buildings as well. That You do uh, that are, that, and I think that's really cool. Now, for us, it doesn't work. Well, actually, so I want
0: to, I want to just chime in real quick because I have an idea, and I think Frank Varga brought this up. I, are you guys familiar with Frank? He's also up. I don't yes. know. If, yes.
1: No, yeah, we know him. We know him, and I was going to bring his name up as well. So <laughs> Frank will take if you know. Yep.
0: No, go go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Wait, sorry, If you go to, uh, if you were on our website under in the photo gallery, yeah, about mm-hmm. halfway down the page, you'll find uh, Frank's big build.
0: Yeah, isn't that uh, crazy?
1: Yeah. So that's amazing, and uh, we worked with him for quite a while on that, and uh, that that's a record. I, you know, twenty-eight story tall, uh, gigantic building, and and the work and the effort he put in there is unbelievable. It's just
0: so, mind-boggling. It is. It is. I think, and and I've I've seen it before. Now I even look at it again and I'm like, my my, my head's just spinning. How
1: did he do it, right? It's just crazy. That's a testament. To his modeling skills and his visioning. And, you know, he was, we'd go back and forth and he'd, tell, he'd say, I need a piece that's shaped like this and I want to do that. And, you know, no problem. We helped him out. Um, love to do that. And uh, look what he created, right? It's just a, it's it's, a masterpiece. It's
0: just a monster.
3: But, and, yeah. and over a hundred fire escapes. I've I can't that. believe that. That's yeah, I yeah. bet
1: you he's still twitching up and Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think that's worse than painting windows one by one is all those little fire escapes. He's crazy. I'm just looking at that photo right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i didn't even see we this. You, like, we saw that we, we gotta talk to him about this one. we did we
0: saw that the first time we had him on the app ep- on the podcast yeah
2: but i didn't see this particular photo
0: it's not right he's not right in the head i don't think no. he's right there's something not right with the, <laughs> something not right with the boy frank <laughs> and, oh, no. and,
2: he, and he lit it up
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. And I think he had... <laughs> I mean,
1: that thing, that thing is big enough to climb inside of.
2: Yeah. He also he also did a model of your hotel as well. So, so yes. well, real quick,
0: yes. what I wanted to talk about with Frank before we move on. Uh, when you were saying relief or background buildings, which is, I'm guessing, it's interchangeable term. Um, the... Frank was actually talking about, in, in some circumstances, you can buy two background buildings and since they're thinner back them up side by or back to back and now you have a three or four inch deep structure but it's really long and wide and it's something that most people would never think to do so release structures are cool because they're not just for the people who have a a, i mean we have a 360 layout so it's a little different but if we were to think of a way to double them up or build something off the other end um it it could definitely be used on our layout as well, or anyone that has a three hundred and sixty layout.
2: Yeah, I like I I love the hotel, and I see that on there. And obviously, that's a you know it's a, it's a sort of a relief building. But yeah. if you bought two of those kits and put them back to back, you got yep. you got one hell of a hotel there. That's right. It's been done before
1: too. Um, yep, Ron Perry did that for a guy.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think uh, uh, Bill Sartori might be doing it as well. I think he's got, uh, I made some extra walls for him for something similar to that, whether it's a double or a triangular version of that,
2: that okay. outside of. So, yep, you can do all that stuff with this product. Now, all your all – your, in your kit, all your signs that you have on the photos are included in the kit. And one of the neat things that you put on there – I keep finding these little neat things I don't see other people do – is it says, run some extra copies before you start. We've told our v- viewers this on just about every kit they ever yep. build. I always copy the signs. When you get the a signs. Sheet of signs, you copy them. you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you, know, Cause, you cause paid for the kit. You know the,
0: you know the one that you don't copy is the one you – you're gonna just screw that one sign up. And it was gonna be the yeah. coolest one in the whole bot. Like it's gonna be the coolest sign. You're gonna mess it up.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. You got that right. And then and you're gonna be calling yeah, and you're gonna be calling Renee and Nick, and you're gonna go <laughs> Can I have a hey, sign, can, please? I need you to sign me a sign. Can you sign me
0: a sign? <laughs> oh man.
2: Yeah. It happened before. It uh, has happened before. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For I don't sure. So that's that's awesome now now um, we were we talked a lot about structures I um, wanted to what? actually
0: get into um, I think one of the neatest things you guys have and it's not something you see a lot of is the uh, interior kit you ha- you offer the
2: loading box yeah, there kit. So go ahead um, yeah.
0: yeah it's just something unique I've, I I think I've seen them I mean I I can't I can't even think a of manufacturer off the top of my head, but it telling tell me I've seen it before but it's just not something you see a lot of um, and Is this interior loading dock kit uh, exactly how it looks as you see pictured, or are there other ways you can configure the insides of it? um, That way all your docks look different.
1: Oh, good point. Good question, Brett. Yeah. So basically that all these, um, all the little crates you see in that, uh, in that image could be separated and moved around and, and jumbled up and made to look differently for sure. So there's usually one or two layers of that, you know, like it's almost like a little backdrop within a backdrop, a mm-hmm. uh, shadow box kind of thing. But yeah, you can move those crates around any which way you want and, and make each dock look different for sure.
0: Okay. And we all By know the we... way, Brett, I have one in my hand. Oh man. Well, and I was going to say we all have also we also we all also have uh, the six thousand barrels and and crates yeah. that uh, you yeah. get in every kit. So if there's something else, I'm sure you want to add. You can always add barrels and the the plethora of the same detail parts you get in every other kit into your loading docks. <laughs> oh,
1: for sure, absolutely right. And there's a couple structures we offer too that have that come with loading docks. Oh, okay. Uh, themselves, and uh, one of them is Cooper's Alley, which kind of includes a bit of a brewery. Which has some bottles in, in crates as well. Laser laser etched in. Yeah. You know, not hundred percent accurate, but just the idea of uh you know, there's your bottling plant, there's your beer bottles or whatever you want to call it. Right. Maybe Coke bottles. I don't know. What the but one thing i details are,
0: The other yeah. thing I like about your the loading dot kit is the top's open, which means um if you wanted to light the interior, you don't need yeah. to worry about the light spilling out over into the rest of the interior of the building. It'll only stay in that little. If you just put it right above the opening, yeah. there, it'll only light that opening up. It won't light up the whole rest of the interior uh, and spill out if you do it correctly.
1: You're right. Exactly. Yeah, and it's flexible. Another, another little flexible kit. Um, Very cool. It, you know, it fits all of our structures, but you can also use it on others, other yeah. people's structures. So,
2: I like it. And and the loading dock thing, I I have one here. I we I picked that up as well, obviously. <laughs> uh, but it was um, now that's a you know you know how many times that I've had I've had open garage doors and I have to build one myself, you know, yeah. and I, I get so tired of that. And then you're then and. You, and you know there's the guesswork how deep do i make it do I make, you know how much do do i light it up and if i light it up like brett was saying inside then you know do i have to make it deeper or do i have to add more detail to it and here you take the guesswork out it's done boom there you go yep put exactly. it on you got it like you know, like brett said you know i got a
1: couple barrels throw a couple of barrels in there if you want or whatever yeah. else you have for for uh, riprap
2: tooling whatever mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And you also sell you know, separate fire escapes. And obviously, that uh, Frank <laughs> used a million of them. And uh, <laughs> But I have one of those in my hand. They're not, decided- they're not still back ordered.
0: They're not still back ordered from that bill he made.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Yeah, he wiped this out of the wood.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, now, they're wood um, fire escapes, correct?
1: Those are wood, and but I'm in the process of changing materials right now. Okay. So um, I'm going to end up going towards a um, um, laser board, I guess you could call it material. Okay. And uh, the actually on the Little Albany uh, manufacturing kit that that your dad has there, the um, the second story um, kind of platform with an access ladder that's made out of that material that I'm going to move these figures. Oh
0: through. yeah, I'm looking at it now. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's cool. a really nice material uh, that, that doesn't uh, – it lets you cut thinner than I can with the wood, and, you know, it, you don't have as much of a thermal event occurring.
0: So, just a curious curiosity question type here. Um, yep. So, I'm looking at the Albany Manufacturing Company. Are all – so, the handrails and everything that I'm looking at on that, is that all laser cut? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So Everything
1: you see there is all. It's very
0: cut. deceiving when you look at that, which I'm impressed by because it looks, um, it looks like the typical, for anyone that's also listening to this on Friday here, it looks like, the typical plastic, uh, handrails. But what you've done is actually created them out of this, you know. It's a laser-cut product, which is cool because
2: it looks like it looks like. Let's restate that. It no, I don't. Like I didn't mean it that plastic way. plastic handrails once are painted.
0: I didn't mean it in any offensive <laughs> yeah. way. I just meant yeah, people yeah. were so used to seeing plastic handrails. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I totally. I'm sure you guys I know, know yeah. where I was I going. And I
2: think, we all do. Yeah. yeah. But
0: it's just so people are so accustomed to seeing those parts in plastic that it's it's an it's a oddity to see it like you've done it, and it's impressive. So I just wanted to point oh, okay. that out. So when people are looking, they're not thinking that those are like your typical plastic ones. They're actually all laser cut. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, pre- Every, everything you see in that kit we make in our little factory
0: here. Very cool, Brett.
2: Yeah. Down to the Brett's favorite, the pre. He loves corrugated roofing, and weathering it. Oh yeah, and I'm a roof. He I has, love roofs. It ha- he has that laser cut. Pre cut, so you don't have to try and cut all the late, all oh the my corrugated gosh, roofing. take my money. All- oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> give me a credit card number. I'm holding one of them in my hand right now. It's, it's really cool. Now, um, you know, one of the things that we didn't touch on, what you did touch on, was the roof detail, and they sell that separately too, so you can buy those details and add. Double the amount of roof detail if you want. If you're doing a larger structure, one, or you something have
0: like O that, and too. HO scale roof yeah. details, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, correct. Yes,
0: yes.
1: And the cool thing is that one, like the the HO kit you guys saw at the show, and the in the um, the O scale kit too. You know, there's 19 components in that in that kit, so it's a lot of fun um, for the money, honestly. Uh, but again, the cool thing is that's all wood. Yeah. So you look at that again with a little bit of craft paint. You know, you make it look like metal where it needs to look like metal, and you make it look like masonry where it needs to look like masonry. Yeah. So
2: not hard to do, right? No. No, not at all. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really cool. When the first year that I went to the expo um you were slammed and i didn't get a chance to talk to you but i know we we didn't have the podcast at that time and brett and i were both there we did stop by your table and checked everything out but then also i had a coupon and i gave it to you and you gave me a little free uh every every booth had a freebie thing they gave out and i and my one of my first things with itla i've done from you guys was the was that little freebie thing you gave out which was cool Uh, but it had some of these same components on it like the uh you know the the electrical boxes and you know that kind of thing and it had a and it had a a ladder on it which was really cool um and i used them on the last build that i just did to the uh um cameron street apartments uh by um uh, Casey's workshop and uh, I put that together and put I used some of those parts on and I and they were so easy to paint just like you were saying the little details of the junction boxes and stuff and um, it was just really neat I could make them the color I wanted you couldn't tell that they were made of wood in any way shape or form they looked real and uh, that was I, I loved cutting them oh, you didn't really have to cut them out you just kind of have to push them out from behind and um yeah it was it was really and they're layered, so like that junction box that you're talking about isn't just one piece it's a couple pieces on top of one another to give it its contoured shape <clears throat> which is really cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. And, you know, and,
1: and you could buy in those parts too. Right. And, but while, you know, the Brett touched on this before, it's in the laser, the materials there. Um, let's get a little, you know, in, in, you know, ingenious a bit, maybe a loser of our imagination. And let's make some parts while we got the laser running. And that's kind of how we evolved to where we are with those details.
2: And that's great because it, what it does also is it, it, it... It brings out the craftsmen in all of us, you know. I mean, like you said, you could buy the, you could buy one of them already formed in a, you know, in a resin kit or something, and stick yeah. paint it and stick it on the side. But what fun is that? I mean, I want to build something, you know. So, absolutely, stuff, you know? Very, very, good. So yeah, cool.
0: I'm gonna shift. I'm gonna use a. This is not intentional railroad pun, but I just realized it was kind of a punny thing. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna shift tracks here, huh? <laughs> but uh i did not oh i, I wasn't i really wasn't planning that it just i it dawned on me right before i said it but uh i wanted to kind of talk about your um your elevated l series stuff that you do too um okay i i'm interested in it not because we want to do an l track at all um it's not our type of city but uh i don't
2: know i was thinking about it well no okay well
0: so this is (laughs) what this is okay so i'm not thinking about doing an l but what i was thinking about and maybe you guys can envision this with me okay so we have one or two areas where the track cuts in on an edge of a city where it's on the side of a drop-off right i was i don't know if you've ever seen this done or if it can be done and then i'll let you guys talk about your l too uh, have you ever seen anyone buy sections of the L and use it as almost a, a bridge or an underpass where it would be in an urban area where the track would be cutting through sections of a city where the city might be lower than the track grade? Um, I, I, I've seen on, I, and we always use this reference, but George Celios's layout where there's iron structures that hold track up where the city's actually lower than the track level. And I didn't know if you've ever seen anyone use this product for something like that.
1: Uh, Yeah, great question. And it's almost like I put you up to that question. But yeah, this this product, the the cool thing about it is, yeah, it, it is a niche product. It is an accurate representation of Chicago and New York's Elevated right off the blueprints. But you can use this stuff for, you know, roadways. For um, for light rail, whatever you wish to use it for, um, in, in just as you spoke, Brett, you can use it in a city as um, you know let's let's say uh, well carrying carrying a main line across a viaduct um, on, over a roadway or something like mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, you could crane work. Um, what's that for sure. crane? Oh yeah, yeah for um, steel work and all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, you can definitely use this product for that that type of an application.
0: Okay, it just it it, it looked like. Um, I I was looking left to my layout and then looking at this on the fixtures and looking left and going, I think I could squeeze that in, over there. And I was just interested to see if you, anyone anyone's ever done that. Uh so maybe there
1: have been. People. yeah, I've seen guys do that as cool. well. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, there's guys that'll build full blown layouts from this stuff with
0: just and an then the- elevated track.
1: Yeah, and then there's guys that'll you know they'll take a few sections, and maybe you've got a, a static display you wanted to have. Yeah. Or um, you know, I haven't built mine yet, but I'm, on my layout, I'm going to have a like a point to point, a short point to uh, so point that'll. Um, that's what I was thinking. We
0: could be, if we yeah. do, if my dad and I do something, we could, we have a long section where it's a really high, tall section. It runs right down through the center, and uh, yeah. Hmm, I don't know, Dad.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah let, let, let's make it happen man. so so yeah. Yeah. Not, and, I'll, not, and i'll give you a hint
1: it's you know we sell it in two track widths but you can actually build it one track wide if you really
0: wanted to oh okay so you, just to it, you just cut it you just cut it down obviously yeah yeah so, so well i actually wanted to continue talking about this i kind of wanted to hear your history of what why you wanted, like what got you into doing the l tracks like what
2: because i've not seen anybody else do it this is pretty cool
1: well yeah there's i got an easy answer for you okay um uh, i got lucky because it came with the company that i bought oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but you know this is a kind of a hats off to the original owners um lauren mark williams and he mark williams uh designed all this himself um back in the uh it would be the 2008 9 10 time frame okay and um I've just kind of tweaked a few things since then, just to um, again, from a buildability perspective, and and to try to commonize a few parts uh, between the between the kits. But but it, honestly, it's been a time uh, time tested design that um, that that has worked well for a lot of
0: guys. Is it something that is uh, very niche and? You, there's a volume of it or is it, is it a pop? I mean, I, we, you don't see much of it when you go to the train shows, you don't see a lot of L LV track or anything. Yeah. Is it, is it something that there's almost like a little, little, uh, underground, um, part of the yeah. hobby that's just L L tracks?
1: Yeah, there, I would I would say it's it's a very niche end of the hobby for sure. And and um, you know there's a you know what we sell a fair bit of it, and a lot of uh, we sell a lot of it down in Australia, believe it or not. Oh wow, a lot of it goes down there. Um, a lot of guys obviously in the New York area, and a lot of guys in the Chicago area for sure. So um, it but it goes around the world. You'd be surprised to, uh, where there's an interest. But it is a small niche end of the business, and you know you don't see us with it at the trade shows necessarily, right? Uh, because it doesn't travel very well either, right? So very delicate. So okay, yeah, I was going to say things. how delicate is this? Yeah, it's it's meant for a permanent installation, uh, mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're not going to really carry it around on your module. So All much
3: bouncing around for a tra- yeah,
1: yeah. So... Rick Hunter's trailer for uh, <laughs> week. Which...
3: <laughs> how, how many shows do you two
1: do uh, a year? Uh, we don't do too many, to be honest, and, and this is—we're just kind of evolving into it a bit. And you know, I, I just mentioned Rick Hunter, but Marine and Rick—we're uh, fortunate enough to have them um, living nearby. They're only about an hour up the road from
2: us. Oh, and, yeah, we had them on a month ago. Yeah, you well, did. Yeah, actually.
1: Yeah. So they, you know, they kind of took us under their wing and they've, uh, they've helped, um, introduce us to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've met some, you know, great people acro- over the course of time that, you know, uh, here at the, uh, Amherst train show recently, we shared a, a big Island with them and, um, you know, we, they, so they've kind of shown us the way and, and, uh, help and, and they're good to bounce, uh, ideas off of. Um, we also do a little bit of laser work for them too. So, mm-hmm. uh, we collaborated a bit with them on, on some of their product, um, i like that i like doing that with some other manufacturers too sure we do a bit with hunter line and we've done a bit with fast tracks too or mount albert scale lumber as well so Mm -hmm. um not shy about doing that I, there's always something I can learn too right we're right and there's on. a lot
2: of and there's a lot of that that happens in the industry i we've talked about that in the podcast before and even when we went up to the you know just for example when we were at the expo since we both we were you know we, you guys were there and we were there uh, i did notice that um that everybody's friends you know, everybody, all the different, you, you're competing, but you're all friends. You know, you're not really competing yeah, yeah. so much. You all have your own individual thing, and everybody's kits are different, which is what's cool. I can go to. I can go to Doug and get kits and I can go to Kenny and, and Jeff and get kits and I can go to you and I'm not getting the same stuff. It's something different and everybody does it a little differently and they're all wonderful, which is really cool. And, and I think as a result, you guys all, you know, everybody knows each other. They're all friends. Everybody, you know, afterwards they grab a drink together and, you know, these everybody's clowning and talking and there's no, there's no, I, I didn't see a lot of cutthroat. I'm sure it's there a little bit, but you know, <laughs> But um, you know it's it's uh, it, it's cool because I found through all these interviews that a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies cut kits for other kits, uh, other companies, or some companies make castings for other companies, and um, yeah, it's it's, it's just really a cool
0: community, and it's definitely an industry that. Um, I mean, every 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 group of people has has their intricacies and, and politics a little bit. But overall, generally, I feel like it's a cool hobby because everyone knows each other. When you go to these expos, pretty everyone's pretty friendly with each other. And it's just it's a it's an oddity in any other industry, really.
1: Yeah. yeah no it's well it's well said you know with the, the expo experience uh we love uh going to that show and and you know we've met all all you guys and all the you know um you know bob and and doug mm-hmm. and, and jimmy you know hal and all those guys you know and they're very very welcoming and uh in all honesty like like you said brett and, and todd that normally you would expect a, a level of competition and um I don't know, maybe um, animosity, perhaps, yeah. is another word. But, but you know, there, for the most part, that doesn't exist, which is, which is really, really comforting.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: if you can imagine, you know, like think about, this is what I've often thought of myself, is that if you look at every, every company out there has their strengths and has their opportunities, right? But could you imagine the type of kits you could produce if you collaborated among all those companies and put all their strong points forward?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, it man. Could, it'd it be, amazing. With... It yeah. be amazing. It would be, you know what? Oh, no, no, I'm just thinking yeah, like, wh- wheels, what if you? what if you were able to, and this is just completely, I'm just throwing stuff at the wall to see if it sticks. Yeah. But what if, yep. what if, and this sounds like it's crossed your mind, almost if you could have collaborative kits, even if they, even if it was a limited edition kind of thing, um, like uh, yeah. you get a a few manufacturers to collaborate on like a brainchild together and just create some really awesome awesome stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking of. Is, is from a from a position of collaborating them with with a with, a, yeah. with your, you know they are your competitors, but they're also uh, professional, right? So yeah, everyone
0: yeah. wants to see everyone do well because then the hobby isn't what it is if you guys don't. Right. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is really really cool. So um,
2: yeah. So, so you also i'm oh, sorry go ahead no Brad. you
0: go for it and i got i got a question yeah. we're going to switch gears you had the here sta-
2: in that l session in the l category we we're talking about you had the yeah. stairways and stuff and so those stairways are really cool for like an urban scene where it doesn't necessarily have to go to a track it can go from one level of a city down to another level of the city or track level of the city you can have multi-levels um, of track yeah yeah exactly absolutely up there, yeah, there. I, yeah. yeah, and you can cut because those. we're going to uh, do that.
1: Yeah, you can make it a one-flight, two-flight staircase. Uh, mm-hmm. Those platforms you see up there on the L2, those are ground-level capable also for your— I was just L2 looking stage. at that. Yeah.
0: Uh, you could so, definitely uh, do, like, a trackside station on the ground level near a city with those. Mm-hmm. Yes, Exactly right. Yeah.
1: So a lot of a lot of opportunities. You guys are seeing stuff. It's great. It's really heartwarming to hear you uh bring these ideas
0: forward because that's exactly what yeah, we, like the we hope. HO and yeah. elevated station kit. Um yes. it's the one with the peak roof. Yes. That one, I mean, it looks just as good on the ground next to the car as it could elevated.
2: Yeah. Uh, you got it. Yep. So let's,
0: let's, just cool now, stuff.
2: Now what, let's let's switch let's switch tracks again. Uh, I stole that, Brett. And ah. we're going the car. You have the cargo loads. Can you get into that a little bit and tell us? You're gonna lose us a little bit on this, but it has to be mentioned because we're not we're not necessarily super trained guys. We're the yeah we're we're um, scenery guys. But um, you know what what brought you into that? Is that something you started up? And uh, you know, uh, cargo loads are pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: so um. Well, how can I say, or uh, how can I explain this? Yes, some of the some of that design came with uh, the legacy company that we bought. So, laser etched uh, flat car decks. Um, we took uh, we took that a little bit further and got into some gondola floors. Um, like we do a cool gondola floor for the Rapido uh, 53 foot gone and the Proto uh, 53 foot gone as an example. And um, and then we just kind of kept. Uh, building on that and the the auto frame load kit might be the one that you're referring to as our most recent launch yeah that's cool Yeah, that's a big one. It's uh, but that was kind of cool. I was um, I was approached by um, a friend of mine who's um, a designer, like an architectural designer, and uh, his name is Sean Steele, and he um, he moder- he sorry he models more modern stuff. Like you know, I model transition era. I wouldn't be seeing a frame load in, in my uh, you know like Algoma Central,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but
1: loves this kind of stuff so he approached me and said hey you know if i do some design work would you be able to produce this and um and we could put it out on the market kind of thing so yeah we went down this path for a couple of months and that's what you see there so um kind of a neat opportunity and again i learned some stuff from him and he got some cool frame loads and yeah, there we go we got a new product out there that's unique um and uh, hopefully um you know Shows as uh, as opportunity for guys out there to do something different.
2: Yeah, and and the other thing that I I might look into as well um, is on some of the flat cars you have like decking for it, which makes it yep. look like completely natural instead of having that plastic decking that you're gonna have to paint. And uh, you know, and uh, there I go, I'm knocking plastic again. No, I didn't no, do that, no, but, but no, but I can see what it's doing. Like I can wood, see what man. it's why, doing here. Why paint here. it wood when you can? <laughs> Why paint it wood when it's, when you can it's, put wood
0: on it? What we're going to do know? here? What Bring we're it, gonna...
2: Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> exactly right.
1: Yeah, like why? You know, you glue this thing down right over top of your plastic deck, and you've got instant realism. Yeah. And the way uh, the way we um, we laser etch these things, there they, it puts a texture into the material too, and you can feel the board by board detail. And honestly, you'll even get your fingers dirty when you touch the stuff.
2: Yeah, nice. I was going to say, are they kind cool.
1: of weathered already? Yeah, they're pre-weathered. I call them pre-weathered because that's the uh, that's the effect of the laser process, and uh, you can just leave them like that. And I do normally. Uh, you could put a wash on them if you wanted, but honestly, they're good right out of the package.
2: Yeah, see, that's for me because I I, I wouldn't even know. I don't know of uh, 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 I don't know any part on any car or engine. I don't know anything about trains other than the fact <laughs> that we buy them and we put them on the track and they go around. They're part of our they're they're like the outside edges of our layout is the trains so what i would want to do with realism is turn my flat cars into uh, that would be something i could actually do you're
0: gonna get my dad yeah. in the trains now
2: uh yeah i, mean, well, yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> I feel it it's coming it's coming it's gonna happen
2: good good yeah <laughs> i mean it'll be something i could do and i could say hey, you know what I, I i put that deck on there and this is what i did you know and Instead yep. of you know, instead of sitting there trying to think, uh, how can I make this look more realistic? Exactly. <laughs> but there it is. Oh. You're done in a matter of minutes, and it's back on the rails
1: and looking looking great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. That's, that's super cool. So cool. Um, so so is Renee still awake over there? Yeah, I was going. Oh, I'm still here. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I, I wanted to actually switch um switch our subjects, and we talked a lot about what you have to offer. We covered a lot we covered everything but i wanted to talk quickly here before we wrap up about what you guys work on together on your layout does renee help you also with your own modeling downstairs and you said you have a giant layout
1: yeah she um actually she is my probably my critic more than anything else so (laughs) i'll um so I'll work, you know, and honestly like, I haven't had a lot of time in, in the last few years because of this business, but um, when, I, when I go and work on a section, let's say scenery-wise, uh, you know, Renee will always check in on me and see what it looks like. Kind of like uh, your second set of eyes. Absolutely, and uh, she's the one that's asking for you know where's the where's the birds where's the animals where's the details those finer details
4: mm-hmm. you know is
1: what she's looking for and it's 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 kind of neat because she compels me to do more right, right to try to uh, bring that level of detail out so you know you look around my layout you'll find you'll find uh, deer and moose and bear and everything you'd see in northern Ontario and um, there's a, there's even a rattlesnake
0: somewhere out there you gotta find you gotta really look hard for (laughs) it. very cool
1: yeah so you know
0: that's the fun and that's an HO scale rattlesnake right
1: it is. Ooh, I mean, it Probably translates into a python or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like but, it. But hey, honestly- don't, don't laugh. I made a I made a uh, I made a seagull. It made a sculpting material, and it is now the butt end of the joke on the podcast. And every because everybody saw it. It's like the size of a pterodactyl, and <laughs> uh, it, it's awful. It's the most awful looking. It's thing. now become.
0: It's now become the mascot of our patrons only group. Uh, yeah, we even have a T-shirt. It's the running we joke. We
2: have a logo with a T-shirt to put on a T-shirt. You can order <laughs> on our website. Sculpy. Of Sculpey oh, cool. Dave Kruzwick put together? I don't know if you know Dave Kruzwick, but yeah, no, um, we met him last time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He he uh, he came up with naming him Sculpy because it was just literally a funny moment we had. But but you know those animals and details and, so, and such like that are important. they Are absolutely important.
0: What um. I think I heard you mention it briefly, maybe once or twice. What is your official layout? Um, what is the line you do? What what region is oh, it? What do you have?
1: Oh, okay. So I, I modeled the Algoma Central Railway um, circa October of 1951, believe it or not, and uh, also Canadian National and Canadian Pacific. And the reason for that point in time was – Ah, uh, the the Algoma Central was um, was the first railway in Canada to fully dieselize. Okay, and in that period of time, there was a very short window where steam locomotives and diesel locomotives coexisted on that railway.
0: Ooh. So you get a um, cool variety. So
1: that- yeah, so that's the point in time that I'm trying to capture and, um, and also the fact that it's you know it's a challenge, right? Um, you can't buy a steam locomotive in Algoma Central uh, uh, form so you've got a kit bash and a lot of what you see there is actually some brass models that I've, uh, that I've cut up and saw, re-soldered and, and stuff like that.
0: Okay.
2: So cool. I mean, the scenery work on your on the videos that I saw is is just phenomenal. And it, it, you know, it, the, you know, in the background behind the trains that are running, I mean, you you did a great job with your mountains and hills and and your trees. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's really well done. Cool, yeah. cool thing. So, um, oh, I was
3: just going to say too when you were talking about um, how Nick and I work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the business, honestly. I would say every day we do work together. Yeah. So we are constantly talking about uh, new products. Um, talking I was going about-
2: there next. So.
3: Yeah.
2: No, 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 continue. I'm sorry.
3: Oh no, that's okay. We just we do spend a lot of time mm-hmm. discussing, arguing, trying to think of new products that customers might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um that's that's a struggle we have sometimes is trying to Good come work. up with yeah. something right. um yeah, that people would be interested yeah. in yeah. and you know how can we uh make it different how can we make it unique yeah and um
0: I like the um yeah. I like the motto of uh <laughs> so we my dad and I like to uh trade beers back and forth that we like and uh yeah. the top of this one beer it's a Sierra Nevada beer but the top of the beer they they have a, a quote at the top, and it reminded me of what Renee just said. It's uh, the the business for theirs is family owned, operated, and, and argued over. So, yeah, <laughs> right. so it sounds sounds very exactly. similar. <laughs> it is very similar here. Yeah, that's true. That's very
1: it cool. Is cool. You know, like from a model railroad perspective, I get to I get to play with this stuff every day. And you know, when your wife is engaged in it and helping you and making decisions, it's you know, it doesn't get much better than that.
2: Yeah, it no, sounds sounds enjoyable. Guy, yeah. yeah, I entirely agree with that. I mean, it's uh, totally not on the subject of this uh, of a model railroading, but um, for many many years, I was a uh, Brett was as well. We were hardcore Civil War actors and um you know i'm very versed in history and gettysburg and we live 20 minutes from gettysburg pennsylvania and um you know so you know we've we've done everything both sides we've we we outfitted ourselves in in both north and south uh, uniforms um, to the very detailed uh, authenticism. And uh, well, anyways, my wife got involved into it, and she's very handy with needlecraft. And she decided she was going to make dresses and such. Mm-hmm. And um, she made her own dresses from I mean, the full ball gowns, everything. Oh, and she cool. got into it, and she started going to the sh- to the events with us. And uh, and it was it was so wonderful. You know, you mentioned that I enjoyed the hobby so much more because she was involved and she was a part of that with me. And it's something that we could have shared together, you know, uh, so, yep. you know, and I, so I can fully understand that That would be a really, really neat aspect uh, to make the make it not just a business, but it's something that interests you both and you could share That's, it. Yeah, very well said. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't do that anymore, by the way. No. <laughs> it got all, a couple of years ago it all started getting really weird with the political correctness and yeah, everything. Yeah, some of the some of the and we were like, the... we're like I'm, getting out, I'm getting out of here some weird so, stuff happening. So, well, at these the, one of the one of the
0: biggest problems we had with the with that part of the hobby was uh yeah. we politically in the United States there were some things changing a couple of years ago and we also reenacted Confederate and Union. So we did both sides of the war. Um, Uh-oh. and you would often, it got to the point where they were, you were coming into events and there's like protests and there's like bomb scares and stuff like this. And we're like, uh eh, this yeah, is enough I mean, for me.
2: I'm lining up, I'm <laughs> lining up on a firing line no one's... to fire at these other people on the other side. I don't even, there's thousands of them. I don't know who's on the other side. No one, they're putting a, we're, these guns are real. No one's, I mean, they're, they're, uh, uh, they're gunpowder but they're real so i'm thinking so i don't know who's on the other side i don't know if he's gonna take a shot at me for real or well so, and, and wow, no man.
0: one and no one's in no one's in my basement here protesting except yeah. my dad and i so and so my wife when this, my stereo this. when yeah. my wife comes down and protests a little when the stereo is too loud but that's about it so.
2: <laughs> now uh, <laughs> uh i was gonna go somewhere there and i i'm not sure where i was gonna go with this um no, uh, that's. Well, I just threw you off. But, oh, oh but... yes, yes. Renee mentioned new products that they talk about. So, and I, I asked you both last night uh, when I talked to you on the phone. Um, what new products do you have uh, in? The, what's coming out in the future for ITLA?
1: Oh, okay, cool. Well, we've uh, got a couple of products that are out there at the moment that are gonna we're going to continue to build upon. Um, and it really speaks to uh, kind of the theme, the design theme, that you've heard us talk to uh, for most of the, the podcast here. Um, you know, urban city, back alley, uh, downtown-ish kind of structures. That's that's what we like, the, the, the gritty old, uh, you know, 40s and 50s era. Yep. And um, if you looked at our website, there's, um, there's some industrial uh, wall modules that you'll see out there right now, and it's kind of like the the early offerings that, that I've put out there. Um, you, they were actually at the Amherst show. The, they just had them hot off the laser at that point in time. Uh, but, we're, um, you know, you might look at those and you go, well, geez, you know, why wouldn't I just buy a plastic Walther's, um, you know, uh, wall section and do that kind of thing And yeah you could but uh, what you see um, you know in our product is going to be a little bit different than what you'll find in the cornerstone um, kit um, not to mention names but you'll find a little bit more of a fine scale representation of, of a curtain wall um, factory building you'll find finer scale uh, window mullions and um, you know positionable windows oh um, cool Every one of those, yeah, and every one of those panels, like you see the brick inserts and the window mm-hmm. inserts, they're all interchangeable. So you could move that, you know, that window down one, you know, one floor and, and take the brick plug, move it up or rotate the the brick around and make it a concrete plug, you know, kind of thing. So so the wall sections themselves are, are configurable uh, within that framework on sure. the own. Um, so right now on the workbench, um, I've got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, there's, um, like a loading dock, uh, with an interior that's going to be out there soon that goes behind that industrial, uh, the big roll-up door, mm-hmm. uh, which is by the way sized for a rail car too. So the, the intent would be backing a rail car through that, that, um, wall panel. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So, you know, stay tuned to my, um to my um, uh, YouTube and my uh, Instagram channel, cause you'll start to see some pictures of this stuff, but you know, there's going to be some recessed uh, entryways and rooftop details and mechanical room, uh, you know, rail car dock, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to see these things come together in a structure and uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh-huh, and boy. We're, yeah. And we're probably going to, and my, my next, my next head scratcher is to go vertical. With that stuff, too. So, this is, you know, Frank Varga will love this because I'm going to make these things stackable.
4: Uh huh. Oh.
1: Uh, so you know what? They're four stories right now. You want to take, uh you want to make them eight stories? Great. You want to make them five, six, seven stories? You can do that too. so
2: We're doing that, Brett. By the way, we got, I, I'm down. <laughs> we, we, have, our town is nice. It's got we've got some four or five story stuff, but but um, a lot of it's two, three stories, you know, and it's a smaller town right now. But in the center of it, we want to make it. Taller, bigger, larger. And because yeah. uh, we mentioned it's a 360 layout. So you're going to walk around, and our concept is different than everybody else's um, in a way. Is um, our center part of our, we don't have a backdrop. It's not against a wall. You can completely walk around the layout. Um, so the center part of the city will be tall. So your focus is to that point into the tall buildings in the center from either side so you'll get to you know that's kind of our our look there so we'll need to have taller buildings in the center i'd love to i'd love to see and put some stuff like that together that'd be awesome uh, yeah good yeah staff.
1: well keep your eyes keep your eyes on that we're gonna we're gonna be working that for the next little while okay. um we might even dabble into the N scale i know i got i don't know if i'll drop these down in N scale or not uh i might um we just finished up um a, a cool custom order for a uh, a large train store in the greater toronto area called Credit valley uh limited edition kit for them so that was kind of a cool thing that we're just getting off of the bench at the moment um what else can I tell you? We got, um, you know, we were approached by an author an accomplished uh, book author. And, um, he, he writes about uh, Canadian national up here. His name is Ian Wilson, uh, does some beautiful work. And, um, he approached us asking for some, some structure that might, um, you know, that might be applicable to what he writes about. And our Grimsby station was an example of a CNR prototype that fits his books. So he's going to be, yeah, that's a
2: beautiful station by the way.
1: Yeah. So it's, He's going to be commemorating his book launch with uh, with one of those as a prize kind of thing. So that's kind of neat. So, you know, we got all sorts of stuff bubbling around. Renee and I keep, keep talking. Um, you know, a question maybe back to you guys. What, what should we pursue? What would you like to see in this?
2: I want to see a firehouse. Nobody has built a good firehouse yet. That I've seen, I've mentioned it to several other people on this show, and uh, nobody has put <laughs> one together yet. And <laughs> I want—I want a nice, you know, a nice brick-style inner-city firehouse, old style, like 1940, 30s, forty, thirties, forties, fifties, that era. And uh, that's because that's what we model—World War II era. And yeah. um, it, and we would love something along that lines, municipal buildings. Now, don't get me wrong—you have, and I. I don't think that's been mentioned either, is it we see a lot of city structures, that type of thing. A lot of them are storefronts and there's tons of them and you know general stores and bars. Okay. Yeah. We see a lot of that. But there's not a lot. There's some, don't get me wrong, and everybody's got some, but industrial si- industrial style buildings, like warehouse style buildings. And there's there's several others. I know that I, I build a couple of them that are just outstanding. But you know, you feature industrial buildings for those eras and 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 they're phenomenal because they're they're the things that you don't see on the other industrial buildings that are coming out because of the way they're designed and um so you know but uh, municipal buildings are something that we have not seen we talked about before um schools churches libraries things like that that you would have uh, city halls um you know you see them in the plastic kits but we don't see them in in laser cut structures you know uh, and okay. yeah and, and like i said it's it's i, I think it's a missing niche because I mean if i wanna if i want to build something I, I need to have i can't just have a city full of of bars and lounges you know and yeah. uh, right, we've got like 12 of them now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> it's a sea it's a seaside harbor town and i think all the sailors are drunk so it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know I think the
0: one cool thing that would be neat to see is just more civic type buildings, and actually yeah, your yeah. type of models lend lend very well to that. So like um, yeah. the like a like small post offices and and you already have concrete and block type yeah. buildings. So things like post offices yeah. or um, like a civic buildings, really a lot of yeah. them have that kind of deco uh, concrete look mm-hmm. and. You're already building that with your larger ones, yeah, so that'd be something school, cool.
2: I don't want a schoolhouse with a peak roof. Okay, I don't want that. Like with the and a, and a no,
0: like a 1940s. Yeah, I don't
2: want that, and all bigger. the churches look the same, even even in the non-craftsman kit stuff. All the churches have like a they're, they're all the same shape, and they have a steeple that comes up the front, and you know, and that's great, but they don't look like something I would put in a city at all you know and uh you yeah, know a little bit more of like a cathedral type look to it you know yeah but. okay no that's cool no good good insight and uh you know if your readers
1: um or listeners sorry come up with any ideas and you know let us know because it's some of the struggles we have you know what you got to pick a, a model or a kit or a theme that's going to appeal and that you're going to sell a bunch of right because right I- honestly if Sell so one or two, I just wasted a whole bunch of design time. So right. we yeah. want to make something that appeals to everybody as or as much as we can, right? So, that's that's kind of our what we sit around and talk about over the dinner table a lot is uh, yeah. what, what's going to work. You know, what scale, what what type of building.
2: I want to have those conversations at my dinner table. I don't get them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, we old. can I, have a conference call.
2: We <laughs> <laughs> at Skype. That, that would be awesome. My, my, mine are like, yeah, you know, well, I don't even want to get into it. So, <laughs> but um yeah well so so that's great you got a lot of new stuff on the on the on the works uh coming soon and people need to check that out on the website uh Brett do you have reader questions
0: I have one question we only got one okay. question and it is from Jake Johnson we're get one or two it is from Jake Johnson who he okay. says Jake, he, by the way, he is, met you at uh, the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Jake was. Sometimes I got to read this thoroughly because sometimes Jake likes to load his up. So um, <laughs> Jake, I'll just read what Jake wrote. Uh, okay. Jake is interested in painting and weathering techniques. Um, he met you. He explains that he met you at the. He met Nick at the Albany Expo, uh, and he was looking forward to this podcast. I think he had heard about it previously. Uh, Sometimes we tell our patrons ahead of time who our future guests are. Um, But he's saying the weathering product on samples really had some character, and he enjoyed your building clinic. So he's just looking for a couple little weathering tips from you. Um, I'm guessing something in continuation, maybe, of what you talked about in the expo to him? um,
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. We, uh, I'm trying to remember where I, I, you know, where we left off in that particular clinic session, um, but when we, um, when we spoke to uh, to Jake and those guys at that point, we were talking about one of the paint techniques we used was a very simple uh, spray bomb that we start to get your basic wall color in. So, you know, an automotive primer or something like that to get your reddish tones down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one method to really just kickstart you off quick. And I'm sure he's already gone past that. But beyond that, um, one of the next steps that that we speak to on our um, even on our website, in our how-to section, um, you can clear seal um, at that point if you wish, and then start to build your colors up, your acrylics, um your oranges, your um, you know your your browns, your grays, your uh, your siennas and burnt siennas and all that to to bring those brick tones out. Um, so we got, if I recall, we got that far in the clinic. Uh, normally we would seal that up again with a clear sealer, but then, you know, to speak to further weathering techniques, some of that stuff depends on your preference, right? So if you're a um, pan pastel person or, um, you know, um, a chalk or or, or a dry uh, pigment type person, um, you can apply those products, um, you know, down the window, you know, underneath the window sills and anywhere you'd see rainwater washing down the the front surface. Uh Um, Jake Jake is a very accomplished modeler, so uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I could even tell him anything (laughs) more than what (laughs) he already knows, to be honest. He could tell, yeah, I'm sure he'll teach me a lot more than I already know. Yeah, he's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that there aren't really too many secrets there. Everything you see on our on our website and our Instagram stuff uh, a lot of what Dave Ross has done uh, with our product is all that same type of technique and and you guys I know you guys practice it yourself Brett and Todd and and you know it's all about building up the layers of color mm-hmm. on the on the surface of the model, right? Okay. Oh, and, yeah. and it's really up to you as to how far you want to go with that. Like, so I said, you can get your model done in two days, Todd, but you you might go two weeks because yeah. you might want to go to, you know, seven, eight layers of color. And, you know, and texture. Too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yep. And individual brick and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so there's, there's tons of techniques out there. I know um, you were just showing, uh, you were doing um, uh, a Carolina Craftsman kit, I think the other day, Todd. Yeah. With brick, uh, with brick, The
2: brick walls, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, yeah, same idea.
1: Right? And I think uh, Doug put out uh, on his blog, he had something about, um,
2: right? And that's what I was following.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and it's pretty cool stuff. Jason Jensen also does some cool stuff that way. And he did it with sponging, right? Yep. So you can use a brush, you can use a sponge. There's the cool thing is about this medium in wood, you can use tons of different techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, the other, you know, sandpaper is another cool one if you want to wear down some surfaces.
4: Mm-hmm, right.
1: Uh, put some paint away from the brick, which is a little bit, you'd think, counterproductive. Right. But that's another uh, cool trick. Uh, just lightly, though, not very heavy. Um, you know, mortar, there's um, another, maybe another tip. Some guys like to use uh, Robert's Mortar Mix, which is pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, depending, again, on the, on the look. But you know what, if you go back to some of those old articles in model Railroad magazines and stuff we grew up with, mm-hmm. um, go up to the kitchen and when your wife's not looking, go look for some flour in the pantry. Oh yeah. And take a little bit of flour downstairs and, and, um, try it a little bit on the wall. Just dry brush it in and see what so, you think.
0: So I have a, I have a question on brick mortar and, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard or seen this done, but here's how I've done brick. And I just wanted to throw this at you. Uh, sure. I've actually taken um, almost like a, a washed down, a watered down, like a wash of acrylic paint, like a white or a lighter color, and yeah. thrown it on to a dry, completely done wall, and then um, let it seep into the cracks. It can't be too watery. It's it, it's got to be thin enough to wash down into the cracks, but not so thin where it's transparent um and then i take a paper towel and i just dab the face of the bricks off so that all that yep. white paint settles in i don't know if you've seen that done or yeah
2: doug doug talks about that in that video yeah. and and th- that's a trip that he well, I didn't... well lo- lots of people have done it but bob mitchell he mentioned bob mitchell yeah he's uh, an amazing modeler uh, that did that too yeah I, I, that's a good I,
0: idea. there's a million ways to do everything which is the beauty of it
1: is that how you do it nick yeah, that's one way we'll do it, and and I'll even do um, some of the gray um, acrylic paints instead of the um, instead of a pure white. Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to go a little bit off if you're going for a weathered look. You might want to go a little bit off white. That's mm-hmm. well. right. You know, so that's the cool thing about it. You can you can mix it up and, and oh, yeah. uh, you don't have to you don't have to mortar every brick joint either. No, right? you can you, you can just suggest it so your eye just kind of. Thinks that the walls got a lot of mortar
2: in it, but you don't have to apply brick by brick.
3: And it's neat when I, it bleeds I, in, right? Oh, when yeah. you have it in.
2: Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. And one of the things I, I always do, and I'll just throw this tip out at anybody that's listening here, um, when I finish with like with this, um, the bricks I'm working right now on the kit that I did the post on, is I will spray. Um, A doll coat or a clear coat onto a clear doll coat onto the uh, bricks before I start to mortar. And the reason I do that is so that none of those reds and oranges and browns that I use will uh, tend to discolor the, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. The mortar and, uh, and then you get that pinkish look and it looks really bad. So, uh, uh, to avoid that, I always spray that down, let it dry for maybe six, eight hours before I do that. And I use a spackle and I will sometimes mix, uh, and I'll rub that in with my finger. Um, and, uh, and i can color that spackle with some off you know off white or beige color uh just to take some of the white out you can just put a little acrylic in there mix it up real good and then smear it in and uh now the thing with that is it, when it's done you get that film on top of it on the brick and uh if you use a, a, a wet a damp sponge not a wet sponge not a dripping sponge a very damp sponge and just sponge it off a couple of times you'll get all that residue off of there and you might want to leave some on. Oh, very cool. Yep, that yeah. sounds good. Love it. Alright, so. well,
0: we That's covered it. we covered a ton with you guys tonight so I, I appreciate uh, you spending an hour and 40 some minutes with us on the phone here. Uh, <laughs> no problem. It is it's
2: a, a long th- one. It's not the record. It's not the Dave Ferry record but it's, it's no. a long one. <laughs> <laughs> all right we beg to be different right <laughs> yes so everybody needs to go and check out um uh, itla and um you know go to their website and that's um itlascalemodels.com um and check out look them up as well on instagram and facebook i believe it's the same ita scale models is that correct nick
1: yes it is and on youtube as well yes. uh, and on youtube
2: yes so so, and check them out, check out their products, uh, look for them at the shows, uh, especially the expo and Amherst and, you know, those types of shows and hopefully we'll make Amherst next year. But, um, yeah. you know that uh, we thank you both for being on the show tonight and, uh, absolutely. it was great. I appreciate it. It was absolutely it. wonderful to talk to you. It was a wonderful show.
3: Thank oh, you very much. It was fun. Lot of and fun. Thank you.
2: <laughs> get ready.
0: For some playoff hockey, baby. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah good luck to you, Leafs. Good luck to you. Got blue and white on.
0: Yep. <laughs> for both of us, at least for the first round. Good luck. So, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you very all right. Thank you. Well. Pretty much. All right, guys. We love appreciate it. Off. Um. Again, <laughs> love it, and we'll definitely shoot you guys some photos of uh, what my dad and I are working on with your kits that we got from you. Um. Yeah.
2: As we be progress. On
1: Facebook too. Yep. So. That would be awesome to see, guys. We would really
0: appreciate it. Cool. You got it. All right. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank okay, you, guys. Too. Take care. Back. Uh-huh. Good night. This week's contest winner was Silverado Northern. He posted on our page his current build of the O scale version of Jack'em Up Tire from Casey's Workshops. That's my dog shaking his head in the background. Um, so, congrats, Silverado. Thanks for posting your work progress pictures to our page. Um, if you were also do a kit, uh, a prize pack in the past, I know we're, we're behind one or two. Um, if you're due one, they are in the mail. They got dropped uh, just earlier today. Uh, We were backlogged. I had to figure out a better process for it. But we're caught up. Everyone's prize packs are out. And Silverado, you are getting one too, so I'll drop it tomorrow. Um, Awesome. Well, this week's contest, we're going to switch it up. Instead of posting a photo of what you're working on for a modeling prize pack, we're going to ask that everybody, if they want to participate, post a picture of their workbench. Their current workbench. Say hi, Flint. Uh, Current photo of your workbench. Messy or not. Dirty. I don't care what kind of state of disrepair it's in. Let's see those workbenches. So post a picture between now and next Friday of your workbench to be entered for a modeling prize pack, just like all of our recent contest winners. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. That's going to sound like...